Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. And welcome to Funk Radio. You are the listeners. Yes. Today, we are going to be talking about a slightly X-rated topic. So, if any children listen to Funk Radio, why are you letting them do that in the first place? Let's not kid ourselves. Nobody listens to Funk Radio. (laughs) Not even the children. (laughs) Um, Our topic today, I don't know what uh, spurred this. Basically, we're going to talk about a very famous, quote-unquote, incident that happened at the Super Bowl uh 17 years ago math is hard um 2004 yes i think we're talking about this just because it's a music adjacent thing it was uh something that happened at the super bowl halftime show which for those of you that aren't in the united states the super bowl is it's like the world cup but only for america and instead of football it's football. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah, and basically every year at halftime of the event, they have like a big concert, and it's always a big deal of like who's going to you know play at the concert that year, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in the 2004 Super Bowl, it was the Patriots uh, versus the Panthers. Boo, Patriots. And the Patriots defeated the Panthers in that Super Bowl. Spoilers. But that's not important because no one cares about football. What we're here to talk about is the halftime show that happened in between the game, which featured the superstar talents of Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. And during uh, a notable moment in the show, apparently Justin, apparently, we're saying apparently like it didn't happen, um, <laughs> Justin Timberlake uh, grabbed part of Janet Jackson's uh, wardrobe, which consisted of this like leather, I don't know what you call it, corset, I guess. You know, the thing that like mm-hmm. they tighten or whatever. And I guess ripped away part of the, I don't know, like breastplate, I guess, exposing her bare breast, which was covered with a, I don't know what you call it, nipple ring thing? I guess so. Yeah. And because it happened during a live event that often usually goes uncensored, it was very scandalous. So, yes, because her bare breast was exposed uh, during a live event viewed by probably hundreds of millions of people, I think it said 150 million people were watching at the time, which is probably over half of America. It's a lot of people to see her nipple at one synchronized moment. Right. That's probably like the only time that's ever happened in the history of mankind. This, what ended up being called Nipplegate, because everything has to, oh yeah, in America, everything has the word gate after it, because in the 70s, there was a thing called the Watergate scandal, where the president was impeached for lying about spying on his... For, for showing his nipples. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus. Oh my god. Please don't make me think of Richard Nixon's nipples. Why? This is why nobody listens, by the way. <laughs> I didn't know it was called Nipplegate. That's funny. Yeah. Um, everything in America has the word gate after it because of Watergate scandal, and we don't have any creativity in our um, journalistic system. The uh, halftime show was sponsored by uh, MTV, music television. Um, hmm. And so the National Football League uh, ended up excluding MTV from basically all future 
halftime shows because of that. So they basically got... Forever. Yeah, they got axed. In addition, the parent company of CBS, which aired uh, the Super Bowl, uh, their parent company, Viacom, uh, as well as its co-owned subsidiaries, which were MTV and Infinity Broadcasting, uh, ended up enforcing a blacklist of Janet Jackson's singles and music videos from any of their radio formats or music channels worldwide. So basically... That's harsh. I know. Basically, because she popped out a boob, uh, they basically blacklisted her from broadcast Like after that. Good lord. The the sad thing is a lot of people kind of contribute this to like this draconian sort of punishment against her is kind of like how she fell out of popular favor. Well, I'll be honest. I haven't heard anything about her since this happened. I was going to say, I know Janet Jackson was big in like the 90s, um, but up in, I don't know what her popularity really was in 2004 because I was 14. Didn't really listen right. to her. However, as a 14-year-old, like many 14-year-old boys, I did appreciate boobs. So <laughs> that was nice to see on television. Was this before DVR? Or was, oh, it... I will get to that. <laughs> Trust me, I will get okay. to that. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> basically, yeah, the the NFL uh, banned MTV, and then the parent company of MTV banned Janet Jackson from all of their you know media. And on top of that, the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, which is a government agency that basically enforces broadcasting rules. Um, I think we've. Uh... Shared some words about the FCC before on this show. Oh, yes. Uh, they ended up fining CBS uh, for an indecency violation uh, for a sum of $27,500, which they then increased to $325,000 because CBS has a lot of money. They eventually fined CBS a, to- a f- record $550,000 for the incident, which... Was it's was actually ultimately voided by the third district court of appeals in 2011. It's it's crazy that our culture is such that if you even for a split second show a breast, that it results in all of this. Well, not to get too much into the politics of it, but this happened in 2004, right around the time that there was an election a re-election for George Bush, who was a Republican. So a lot of people think that this was kind of whipped up into a sort of political bludgeon to ignite the sensibilities of conservatives. The backlash against this did seem very heavy-handed, we'll say. Um, It does seem very disproportionate to what happened. Yeah. So the... The incident ended up basically being ridiculed both in the U.S. and abroad. Uh, Some people uh, actually said that it was a planned publicity stunt and that it wasn't a... When when it happened, a lot of people ended up dubbing it what they called a, quote, wardrobe malfunction, which actually, I don't think that term had ever been used up to that point, and then that became, like, such a big Uh, buzzword that I think Webster actually put it, like, in the dictionary... (laughs) That's where that originated from? That's interesting. Yeah, no one up until that point used the term wardrobe malfunction uh, until huh. her incident, and then it became like, I don't know, uh, almost cliche to say it. So a lot, a lot of people were basically said that, well, obviously Janet Jackson's just typical like everyone at the time, uh, 
uh, said that, oh, it was an accident. A lot of people thought it was planned. And some American commentators even viewed it as a, quote, decreasing, a sign of decreasing morality in American culture. Okay. While others considered the incident harmless and argued it really received undue attention and backlash, which it seems like we're on that, both on that side. Uh, some people, including Jackson, Janet Jackson herself, uh, argued that she was actually just being used as a political pawn to distract the public from the ongoing Iraq war which at that point was already turning uh, uh, turning south. Yeah, I mean, the whole political context of this does make sense to me, and I'm, I would not really be surprised if it was used partially in some way to distract from po- more political real issues, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, just knowing that that's something that is just as old as time, basically. Yeah. Uh, especially in America, so... Yeah, I was going to say, in America, it's always like, whenever there's something really serious going on, it's always like, look at here, look over here at this thing that doesn't really matter, but gets you really upset. Yeah. Due to, due to all of this, you know, event that unfolded, um, it actually caused an increase in the regulation of broadcasting, which uh, ended up raising concerns regarding censorship and free speech in the United States. Basically, it kind of reignited the... Uh, fight between you know what is free speech what is you know considered lewd so some other interesting things that came out from this that i found kind of interesting is one of the co-founders of the platform youtube uh jawed kareem actually credits this incident with leading to the creation of the video sharing website because he wanted a platform that was basically free from censorship. An online platform where you could post videos and there was no heavy-handed government saying, no, you can't see this, no, you can't broadcast this. So, uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know if that's ever really been confirmed, but that's interesting to think about. Well, my guess is that the the ideas of video streaming was already well brewing by 2004 but stuff like this i'm sure really fueled the fire in terms of this needs to happen so that people can share things in a way that's not regulated in the way that broadcast tv is that's interesting i never knew that there was that connection yeah exactly it's a lot of power in just one nipple it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting just from like looking back on it at this from the standpoint of today YouTube has a very serious problem with a lack of regulation allowing for quote-unquote misinformation to be just rampant on that site as well as obviously pretty much everywhere else on the internet. So right. it's it I don't know, it's an interesting it's an interesting kind of moral dilemma a site established to allow pure freedom of speech with no policing of that speech whatsoever. Which obviously in 2004 they didn't, you know, they didn't foresee the end game of what that would become. But it's kind of like, right. you know, if you create something with that much freedom and that little oversight, right? Like you're only gonna end, you're only gonna end up in a bad place. Well, journalism itself has just become a shit show. True, very true. Um, well, we won't we won't go down that rabbit hole too far, listeners. Um. I think the I think the biggest problem with both journalism and YouTube 
and obviously YouTube in its infancy wasn't as focused on this, is the fact that they're basically both for-profit entities. So right. they're going to do whatever they need to do to make themselves more money, through often through advertising. So on top of that little fun fact, another fact that I wanted to mention that I, you touched on earlier is at this time in 2004 um, was also when DVRs, digital video recorders, uh, were first mm. popping up into people's homes. Uh, the biggest one at the time was called TiVo. Um, Fuck, and I forgot about TiVo, man. I remember my cousins got TiVo, and I thought it was just the coolest shit in the world, and I was like, beg my parents to get it. And then... TiVo was early in the game, though. Yeah. That. I mean, I remember that TiVo, a long time ago. TiVo did it before the cable companies did it. Yeah. So you could get a TiVo separate from whatever your cable provider was, and it would just record stuff to the TiVo box. But then eventually, all the cable companies were like, wait a second, we're just going to do this ourselves, because money. Um, and then, <laughs> within a couple of years, like, our cable provider basically was just like, you want a, you want a video recorder box? Okay. Uh, but I always loved TiVo, because A, I loved the interface, and I loved the, like, little popping noises it would make when you would, like, fast-forward and stuff. Hmm. I don't know why, I found it, like, so satisfying, and I've... To this day, I have not found like a, I guess what I would call it, a TV interface that was as pleasant and fun to use as TiVo was. Which is funny because if you went back and looked at it now, you'd be like, "Oh my god, this is so you know 2003." <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's absolute trash. But I think the impression it made on me as a kid, kind of, mm. and well, we talked in a previous episode about the sound design for um, Skype, and I think TiVo is kind of similar. It created really pleasant sounds mm. that made you want to interact with the, the interface. Could be a future episode, listeners. This is true. So, as I was saying, uh, TiVo was the biggest player in the digital recorder game, and the incident that happened ended up becoming the most watched and recorded and replayed television moment in TiVo history and enticed an wow. estimated 35,000 new customers to sign up. Good lord. So everyone that everyone that didn't have TiVo when this incident happened was just like, shit, I wish I had a TiVo, and then they all went and bought one. So that wasn't necessarily because they thought they could pause on the nipple. It was just like, oh, it would be cool to be able to do that. Pretty much. It was, Interesting. It was like, oh man... I wish I had TiVo during the nipple incident. I'm going to get one in case something else like that happens again. Yeah. Um, Maybe she'll reveal the other one. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned before, the term wardrobe malfunction was coined as a result of the incident and was eventually uh, added into Merriam-Webster's dictionary. So that's a thing. <laughs> Interesting tidbit I found that makes the timing of this episode fairly well-planned, even though it wasn't. Um, hmm. was that in April 2021, so just four months ago, um, a celebrity stylist named Wayne Scott Lucas claimed that the entire event was actually pre-planned by Justin Timberlake, who sought to upstage his then-ex-girlfriend, Britney Spears, who prior to this had an, uh, I don't know if you remember, at the MTV uh, Video Music Awards where she kissed Madonna on stage, which was also a whole hmm. other scandal that I think the combination of that and then this nipple incident happening like months later uh, mm -hmm. basically sent like every mom over the age of like 30 like their head spinning because it's like what would somebody think of the children 
So yeah, um, this famous stylist basically spilled the tea and said that um, the the event was planned. Uh, he said that he was involved in conjuring up Janet Jackson's 2004 performance with Justin Timberlake, and it was recently revealed to this publication called Page Six that Timberlake, quote, insisted on doing something bigger than their performance. He wanted a reveal. Lucas went on to say that Timberlake wanted to, quote, outdo Britney Spears, Madonna, and Christina Aguilera. In particular, their performance, which involved that onstage kiss at the MTV Music Video Awards. He went on to say, quote, Janet was going to be in a Rocha dress, uh, and Justin was going to step on the back of her dress to reveal her butt uh, in this pearl G-string. Uh, but that, quote, the outfit changed a couple of days before, and you saw the magic. Huh. So, basically... Which is funny, because if, if they had done the butt thing, it wouldn't have been nearly as big of a deal. I mean, uh, in terms of the backlash. Yeah, I feel like, for whatever reason, butts are more acceptable than boobs. Culturally, absolutely. I, I don't know why that is, but breasts are, like, completely off the table, but butts are usually fine. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I even in, like, PG-13 movies, I've seen bare butts. I like the, I like this quote that says, I wouldn't call it a wardrobe malfunction in a million years. It was the most functioning wardrobe in history, which I guess was by this Wayne Scott Lucas guy. Yeah, this Lucas guy basically said, you know, as a stylist, uh, it did what it was intended to do. So he basically is saying in in so many words that, you know, this this whole event was planned. It, it was planned by Justin Timberlake as a way to upstage Britney Spears. I think it was successful in that goal. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this one guy saying it. I don't think Justin or Janet has corroborated that since then, and I know Janet in particular has basically denied it the entire time. Mm. Until we hear from one of them, I guess it's still you know quote unquote just rumor. But this is the most authoritative person yet that has basically said uh yeah it was a whole planned event now where do you stand on the it was planned or not thing because i so i have the video pulled up here on youtube yeah after looking at his hand movement it doesn't seem like what was he doing if he wasn't doing that it looks extremely intentional yeah like there's nothing about that that looks accidental whatsoever because yeah. like you said, what what else would he be doing? It's not like, oh, he brushed past her as they were dancing. Like, she's literally standing there and he's like wrapping his hand around. Okay, I have it. Now I'm going to pull it. If you kind of go frame by frame, you can even see his fingers kind of like move maneuvering around it for like a half a second to kind of get a grip. Yeah. Well, and sh- so she reacts and kind of like, a, oh, shit. But I mean, obviously, I, to me, that's a performance. He r- does not react whatsoever. He just pulls it and just stands there. It's not like, oh shit, I accidentally just showed her boob to the entire universe. Yeah, he, he it's not it's not like he's just like, oh shit, what did I do? He's just kind of like standing there like titty. Yeah. <laughs> Typical man. Um, uh, but yeah, I I I guess it's easy for us to say, oh, this was perfect because we can go back and look at it frame by frame. I guess people had TiVo so they, they could do the same thing. I nothing about this looks accidental whatsoever no No, of course our word is is about as good as this stylist but true um and that's this and that's this whole silly thing about the whole event is like whether it was accidental whether it was planned what the hell does it matter (laughs) 
you know, it's like somehow... Well, no, at the end it doesn't matter. By saying it's accidental, it like, you know, I guess absolves them, but it's like there's nothing to absolve them from. If it's a planned thing as part of a choreography that's meant to be shocking and scandalous, it's like, you know, that's that's what it it did, what it intended to do. I I don't think it intended to unleash like a political firestorm, but... It's well, just kind of funny. Well, um, listeners, if you want to go look it up and go frame by frame, <laughs> look it up on your uh, on your TiVo. If you want to listen to us talk about it again, just go back to the beginning of this episode and click play again. So yeah, that's about all I got to say about this. Um, obviously, you know, I'm, if this happened in 2021, I honestly don't think it would be the big deal it was back then. Uh, obviously, you know, as as the culture moves to be more and more permissive, progressive, whatever you want to call it, over time, things like this become more passe. Um, I think that plus the fact that we're, I think, I don't, I don't really want to go down a huge rabbit hole of this, but I'll just make a short comment that our culture has become so much a big thing happens every day that it's like we kind of just forget about it within a couple of days anyway. So it's like if this had happened today, I think it would have caused a big stir of some kind, but then three days later would be on to, you know, something else. Yeah. Like, Oh, somebody said something on Twitter. Holy shit. It always makes me think of the line from the Incredibles where he's like, when everyone's super, no one is, it's kind of like when everything's a big deal, nothing is. (laughs) If everybody shows their nipple, nobody does. <laughs> I think that's the moral of this story. I think if, if everybody in the world just did it, well, yeah, it wouldn't become a, as big of a deal because it's like, well, everyone's doing it now. Exactly. Hashtag free the nipple. This is uh, this has been your um, fully clothed host, Kyle. And this has been your uh, wardrobe malfunctioned host, Peter. Bye. Bye.